I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered, a podcast dedicated to all things younger. So today, we're taking a little marriage vacation while breaking down last night's episode, which featured a business trip hookup, a huge confrontation, and a very emotional book tour. Here to help me is my very special guest, Jennifer Westfeld. Hello, Jennifer. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is your episode, girl. (laughs) We had to. Pauline's breaking down. She's having a real real, real tough time. So Pauline, we we always talk about um, on this podcast how Pauline is, you know, you are so sweet and everyone loves you, but people are like, they're hard on Pauline for sure, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's hard to to come into this whole thing with Team Charles and and years of of will they, won't they? Um, But at the same time, you know, from Pauline's perspective, she's just returning to um, hopefully patch things up with her husband and reclaim her family after kind of having a nervous breakdown and right. trying to go find herself. So, you know, I think from her perspective, um, she doesn't know lies as lie, but they are sort of very similar women who sort of found themselves at a certain point in their lives feeling like they lost their identity to family and their husbands. And um, they both uh, make pretty extreme choices yes. to reclaim their autonomy, you know? They're a lot more alike than we realize, you know? And you are, I mean, you are the barricade to to Team Charles. So that's, <laughs> that's how does that feel? <laughs> well, I mean, it's hard. Obviously, the fan base of this show is uh, so amazing. And um, I think everyone's so invested. So, And yet, you know, Liz and Charles haven't known each other long. And Pauline and Charles have been together, you know, 15 or 16 or 17 years. So right. uh, I can't think about that. Just have to think about the character, you know? Exactly. Well, in this episode, too, for me at least, I and we'll get in more depth into this in just a little bit, but I kind of saw that Pauline actually might be a better person than Liza even because she's not a great liar. Right. Well, I mean, I think, again, I think that both women made these big choices and knew they were risking a lot in doing so. Yes. But they both just prioritized their their careers and their voices and their identities as women um, over everything uh, in those moments. And Pauline did it completely honestly, but she did something pretty, pretty, you know, rough. Extreme. Extreme. And Liza also did something extreme but no one knows the well a few people know <laughs> more more people <laughs> more are learning more. every day every day oh hello more yeah <laughs> but i do think pauline yeah pauline's not a liar she just um was really honest about the fact that she just couldn't take this anymore she couldn't take sort of being on the arm of and not having her own identity and losing her voice and losing her career mm-hmm. and you know raising two daughters she wanted to be more of a role model than someone who's just um just sort of an afterthought or, or invisible where the man is everything. I think that wasn't didn't sit well with her. I saw Pauline in a very new light this episode, I have to tell you. Oh, good. Yeah. I was like, I'm Team Pauline. <laughs> <laughs> you represent so much good stuff. Okay, so let's get into the episode. Okay, let's sure. Let's dive in from the beginning. So in this episode, um, Charles and Pauline are getting a divorce. That's yeah. what, I mean, that's where we are. Yeah. And Diana and uh, Liza convince Pauline to pretend things are fine between her and Charles for the sake of the book tour. Right. Which, which makes sense. I mean, I guess. I, I don't know. It's... It's tough, right? Because she's written this thing and everyone's so invested in the story of it and the reconciliation and yet her heart is broken and she's sort of feeling and dealing with the consequences of this choice she made. Yep. Um, and it's a it's a funny thing. Do you just go with the illusion and the story? I mean, I don't think it sits well with Pauline at all. Mm-mm. 
Um, and yet Liza, um, you know, is, is advising her to just sell that story. And so is Diana. And they're like, go for the gold, get the, reap, <laughs> reap the benefits of everything you can get with this book and worry about the truth later. And it's a hard pill to swallow for Pauline. I love, well, and I love that because it makes you a really good person because you're not, you know, you're not on board with this idea of not lying. At it's, all. It's, it's very, it's very foreign to you. And you're really actually terrible at lying. Terrible at it. <laughs> no, terrible. Look, she's, she's a, she's a disaster, uh, when she tries to lie uh-huh in the, <laughs> the most adorable way possible and we'll get to that in just a little bit who do you think was pressuring pauline to lie more liza or diana uh well i think they kind of double team her right in mm-hmm. that scene and um i think that pauline listens to liza more because they're the ones who have sort of formed a bond i think pauline really trusts liza Liza's the one that she connected to you know at that book fair and Liza's the one who took a chance on her i think pauline adores liza and yes. really thinks they're um good friends and that Liza's got a great head on her shoulders whereas she's known Diana over the years through her marriage right. and she knows Diana's kind of stuff and she knows how Diana operates but that's not the case with Liza she thinks of Liza as this uh, beacon of truth I think you know yeah. so Pauline is uh, is a bit um, snowed by Liza like many are yep um, also real quick question yeah um, <laughs> do you think that Pauline knows that Diana has a thing for Charles or has had or whatever I think probably Pauline thinks Diana has a thing for every handsome man <laughs> and, and every handsome powerful man. I think she's she's on to Diana's, you know, MO. Um, but I don't think she feels necessarily threatened by it. I think she yeah. thinks that's sort of Diana's thing and she's used to it. Yes, exactly. Okay, so uh, before we get even deeper into the episode, can we just really quick pause and talk about Marriage Vacation being sure. like an actual book? I haven't read my book yet, guys. <laughs> You know what? I I have to confess, I have not read page 58 either. I actually just sat here and tried to, and I got really uncomfortable because okay. I was around people. Sure. And I'm like, I'm not it's a reading private, this right It's now. a private experience. <laughs> I think it is. I can't wait to read. I, I feel like I'm going to save it for like a, a beach weekend or something. I can't wait yep. um, to read my my fake real book. It's a good summer read. <laughs> hey, pick it up anywhere you can buy books today. I'm super excited. So, I mean, when did you find out that this book book was going to be a book. Okay, so Darren told me um, when we started shooting this season, um, I think he told me on one of my first shoot days, and but I thought he was kidding. I thought I was being punked. I, you know, I mean, I really did. I was like, that that's, hila- that's hilarious, you know, but... <laughs> But then they were like, no, truly, it's like IRL, there's a book, Simon & Schuster, it's a thing. Um, I couldn't believe it. I was just thinking about, I was looking forward to meeting the writer because I just thought, what a a writing assignment to get. Right? (laughs) Where you have to piece together sort of every reference that's made to this book and to the story and to the backstory and to everything that's happened between Charles and Pauline and everything every character says about it, but then also make it a book in its own right that people could enjoy whether or not they watch the show. I was like, wow, <laughs> just hats off to this writer. It's so hard to do that. You it know? is. It is. And also, I mean, it's your name. Your character's name is on the book. I know. It's, it's just, it's, it's so meta. I, I know. <laughs> and and even more meta to that, like I recently had a meeting with Hello Sunshine. <laughs> Wait, continue. <laughs> yeah. With, with Reese's people, um, just for my own self. And I told them about this, which they hadn't heard of and it was just a hilarious like they were like we should option the book that's based on your thing and then you should adapt anyway it was and hilarious and then you're like no Liza already recommended that in last week's episode I know I just 
<laughs> yeah, it was the most hilarious, wonderful um, meeting because they hadn't been aware of it. But I was told that they all uh, sat and watched it in their staff meeting, um, episode two, and they were just like beyond thrilled at, you know, at all, uh, just about all of it. <laughs> well, congratulations to you and congratulations to us on Yonker. <laughs> um, also, so this episode, you do a ton of crying. Uh, yeah. Um, like beyond. Pauline's <laughs> not having any fun. Yeah. <laughs> so how was that for you shooting all these scenes where you're crying? I mean, but also saying hilarious things through the tears. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, I love sort of that. I think all comedy uh, is based in, in pain. It's always sort of right on the edge and based in truth. So I think Pauline's truth is that she really wants to just be sitting in bed crying all day. But she has to totally put on an outfit and, and get her hair, her hairs did and um, <laughs> go hairs. all of uh, through all of these interviews and try to put a brave face on it. And and try to lie and do what Diana and Liza have advised her to do. And she's just terrible at it. And every time somebody asks her uh, a difficult question, she just, she just, she can't do it. She's just terrible at it. She's like, you know, blubbering. My favorite was when you say we have, uh, through tears, we have hot Korean barbecue sex. <laughs> when you're asked if you're sex, like if you could relate to a, a food or a restaurant and you come up with that, how many bloopers came out of that oh scene? Oh my God. That was the most fun. First of all, he was delightful. Oh. And we had him on, on Skype. So it was just this hilarious back and forth. And, you know, he's so wonderful at what he does, but he's not an actor. So he was trying so hard to just sort of really be um, acting it in addition to just riffing. And he was wonderful. So it was it was really fun day on set. So Charles shows up uh, at uh, a book reading to support Pauline, which yes. is an incredible moment. I mean... What was your reaction to him being there? Is it supportive? What did, What was your interpretation? You know, uh, I think my interpretation was that as this book tour sort of wore on, Pauline got less and less able to lie, obviously, yes. and more and more emotional about sort of the reality. But I think she also, um, I, I think there's a moment, you know, off screen where she's a little more circumspect about what it is that her marriage was, what the illusion of it was, and what the reality of it was. Mm -hmm. And I think she's sort of coming into her own in that moment, realizing that I left for a reason, and I left because I wasn't happy, and I had lost myself in this relationship, and I, she didn't want to be second fiddle. She didn't want to be on the arm of. She wanted to be her own person. She yeah. wanted to be, um, you know, have her career, have her voice, be a role model for her daughters. And she didn't want to be part of this um this kind of shiny looking thing that didn't satisfy her ultimately. Um, so I think she's really realizing that and ready to kind of speak her truth and be like, this is bullshit. You know, this is my actual story. I loved that moment. It oh, was like, very, it was very provoking in the best way possible. Oh, good. We'll take it. I love it. <laughs> I love you. it. Um, do you think that she finally told the truth, though, because Charles was there? Or do you think that, like you said, she had just finally like hit her breaking point? I think that his presence certainly sort of uh, ups the ante yeah. for her to kind of tell the truth once and for all. Mm -hmm. um, I think that she hasn't yet been able to tell her truth to him either. To even you know? herself, though. To, yeah, Because even, even at the beginning of the episode I mean, at lunch, she's, like, crying that she's not going to ever have sex with him again. And yeah. it's almost like... And I had a moment where I was like, did Pauline really think she was going to get Charles back after leaving? Do you think um, she did? I, I think that she... There was a, a, some hope in her that he would forgive her and that they would kind of meet on different terms as equals. Mm -hmm. Because I think, you know, in those last five or six or seven years of their relationship, she didn't feel like his equal. She felt, again, like she was um, somehow in the shadow of... Mm -hmm. And she's come back 
sort of, um, you know, having found her voice, rediscovered her talent. She's getting all this great feedback. People are responding to the book. And I think that she thought maybe this would be a do-over from a stronger place, that they would they would start this again as uh, two equally powerful and equally successful people, and that that might uh, be an amazing new place to start. But obviously, it would have to start with forgiveness, and that's hard to come by. So, you know, yep. I think she was um, w- waiting to see if if that could happen. Well, so Pauline is easily, you know, it's easy to condemn her because sure. she left her kids for sure. a year. Um, do you think that she deserved to be forgiven by Charles? Well, I mean, we had a lot of discussions about this, like when I signed on and I asked um, Darren and Dottie and everybody's zillion questions about sort of how this came to pass. And basically what their interpretation was, which helped feed me in in the playing of it, was that she sort of was going away for a month or two uh, to kind of get herself together. And she was FaceTiming and calling in all the time. And like a plant, uh, like like almost like a retreat. Like she needed will. to just get her head together because she was just not doing well. And, and that kind of kept extending... Um, um, she was about to come back and about to come back, and she just needed more time to sort of get herself together. And so I, I don't think she planned for it to be uh, close to a year. I think she planned for it to be a month or two to to kind of get her head on straight. Mm-hmm. And then this uh, book idea took hold, and then I think she just got so immersed in trying to reclaim her voice and trying to get her identity back as a writer, as an artist, as a woman, as someone with autonomy and I think that became more important to her than anything. I think mm-hmm. she was in touch with her kids the whole time. See, but this is not the thing. Is, in it's, my mind, I was like, oh, my God, she just, like, they woke up and she was gone for a year. Yes, I don't think you it, know, I don't think what it was. was that at all. I mean, at least certainly not from uh, how I played it and what, what the creators intended. I think it, it just uh, got longer and longer um, in terms of her absence. But, not, but, you know, I think she was writing. She was FaceTiming. She was texting. She was she still was, a mom. She was trying to be as present as possible, but yes. she also didn't want want to come back when she was sort of unstable emotionally and trying to get herself together. And then I think she sort of saw this opportunity to be a much more whole person and woman and role model ultimately for her kids, Yeah, which is, um, you know, obviously uh, a balancing act and it's not easy to understand. I think she was just hopeful that um, her daughters would, would benefit from her being a better mother ultimately. Well, you can't help anybody if you don't have your own. If you don't have your shit together. Yeah, exactly. If you're not happy, you're not going to make anybody else happy. Yeah. Why is it that, you know, a man that did something like that would be called ambitious, but a woman's called selfish? I think that is the problem writ large right now. And I think that's what we're trying to address um, with the Me Too movement and with uh, gender parity and pay parity. And that's the sort of topic on on everyone's lips right now as it well should be and Mm -hmm. I think all of the double standards um, we are looking at we're trying to change actively and I think this show is helping shine a light on them I think the first episode was a fantastic way to deal with and respond to the Me Too movement and everything that all of the discussions that are coming out of it. So, um, yeah, I think the Pauline Charles uh, double standard is a good one, too, to sort of underline just how unfair it all is and just how different. And Liza's situation, too. I mean, Liza found herself at the beginning of this series unable to get a job because she was focused on her children and her family and her husband. And Pauline's in that same boat that people have sort of written her off and dismissed her. And she's just the, the, the wife on the arm of the arm candy, the mom, the, the, the one just supporting her man. And I think it got suffocating for Pauline as mm-hmm. it did for Liza. And so both women are like, what do I do? I kind of 
gave the best years of my life to this identity as as wife and mother and what is there for me and what can I sustain and how do I get my own back as it were I mean so you, know, you and Liza are the same we should it should be team Paisa I know and Liza I know that's <laughs> next season guys it's gonna be Pauline and Liza in a in a lesbian relationship yay and, uh, <laughs> I'm so for it. Um, you know what's so great too? And I mean, I like I said, I was very team Pauline this episode. I love when you gave it to Charles. And you're like, no, the reason why our relationship didn't survive was because of you. Mm-hmm. And he's in shock. Yeah. Um, but I loved that moment. And and I also love the way that you were like, oh no, I'll let everyone think that I'm the bad guy, but you're right. the bad guy. Right. I mean, I think that it, it's taken her a long time to get her voice back and find her voice and figure out what went wrong in her marriage. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a it's a powerful moment for her to own that, no, I did do the right thing. I've got to be my own person first mm-hmm. before I'm uh, in a partnership. And the partnership has to be an equal one. She also says uh, that she's looking for her own happy ending. What do we envision that for Pauline? Yeah, well, I think, uh, I think it's more the same. I think you have to sort of know and love yourself before you can love someone else fully. I think she's looking for uh, a man and a relationship and a partnership where the two of them can thrive equally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she wants to uh, continue to be autonomous, to continue to be a role model for women and young girls, for her daughters. And I think, again, she wants to find um, she wants to find a relationship where she gets to be equal to the man. She doesn't ever want to be in the shadows again, I think. Yep. I love it. I have chills right now. So <laughs> I, I think I say this every episode, but I'm serious. I mean, I, every single time I watch the show, I either cry or like have like, like I mean, I have goosebumps everywhere. <laughs> um, so also in this episode, Liza realizes Charles knows her secret. Yep. And simultaneously, Pauline realizes Liza is Charles' other woman. I know. That's really devastating. Who's hurting the most in this scene? I think everyone's hurting. Um, I mean, I think Pauline is so blindsided <sighs> because she just thought Liza was this wonderful girl. I think she really thought Liza was her champion. And I think she probably didn't realize, you know, obviously doesn't know that Liza is is a contemporary of hers. But she just thought this um, incredibly precocious young woman took a chance on her. And um, I think she thought of Liza as a real friend and and a real um, supporter and a really honest um, person. So I think she's devastated. Deeply she has wounded. absolutely no idea. Uh, and and it, it'd be the last person she would have uh, thought this of. So in that moment, she's just in a state of shock. Shock, yeah. Shock. In that moment. Yeah. We'll see what happens we'll see in the next episode. <laughs> and then also, we end this episode, Charles and Liza have a huge confrontation right. at the end of the episode. So there's anger, there's betrayal, and then there's bitchy Charles. That's what we're calling him now, bitchy <laughs> Charles. He is the meanest mean girl at the lunch table when he wants to be. <laughs> well, I think I think Charles is, is also just um, completely blindsided by this. He, yeah. again, thinks of Liza as this sort of paragon of virtue, as, as many do on the show so it is um it is devastating to think of someone leading a double life and what that entails and just how you know you just have to kind of relive every moment and every day and every hour and every you know every experience you've shared with them and rethink wow they were lying the whole time also i feel like ella Moore, the way he presented it to charles didn't help matters you know i mean yes she's lying and that's like a shock to the system but it's almost like i think charles is convinced that she's a con artist yeah and like i think he's very scared also for him his reputation for his company because of their inappropriate work relationship sure sure no of course i mean it's it's um it's shocking on the personal level it's shocking given 
how much scandal they're sort of fending off um, in yeah. this season. And, you know, obviously the times have changed, so everything's volatile. And mm. I think there's a lot going through his head at that moment. That was a brutal scene, though, to watch. But I have to ask you, when you are angry at somebody, do you prefer to calmly confront them or do you just wait until you explode? <laughs> like Charles. <laughs> I think it's a combination. I think we all, in our sort of versions of our best selves, we always are just, you know, completely open and clear uh, in the moment if something has hurt our feelings or if, if we're, you know, upset about something. But it's hard to do that because we're also very, you know, I'm. I hate confrontation and conflict with people. It's hard to... Uh, do that and you want to give people the benefit of the doubt so sometimes in spite of your best intentions things fester or simmer just because you're like oh I'll let that go it's not such a big deal and then the third or the fourth time you're like oh my god what happened here (laughs) yeah Yeah. I I think it can happen to the best of us to just sit on something just because it doesn't seem like a big enough deal you know to confront someone and yet when it is a big enough deal you might realize you're angrier than you knew exactly yeah and I feel like that's what Charles is trying to do he's trying to ignore keep his distance as a as a fan, I felt like when he saw Pauline, who he had kind of put like in a category yeah. for a while, and then he had put uh, lies on such a pedestal, right. I feel like he finally saw them switch. And it was like Pauline was the woman that he fell in love with, and she was honest, and she, and she couldn't keep up this lie. And I think that that's what made him freak out on Liza. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot to come in this season to uh, <laughs> unpack all that. Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Okay, so <laughs> right now we're going to play a little game. Okay. Okay. So in this episode, Lauren puts Kelsey on an exclusive dating app. Yep. So it's based on a real app called Raya. Yes, I, I know. actually have friends on this app. You do? Yeah. Okay, I full disclosure, I've never seen or been on a dating app. I'm single for the first time in my entire life since the sixth grade. So I probably will fully fail at this game, but I will, <laughs> okay. I will be, I'm, I'm happy to try. Okay, well, here we go. Uh, so we have a, a game. It's called Dating Apps Real or Fake. Okay. okay. <laughs> so considering you've never been on one. Full, full embarrassment. I'm sure I'll know nothing, but let's try. You have a pure soul that you've never been on a dating app. That's I've a good ne- thing. No. <laughs> I've literally been in monogamous relationships since I was 11. Oh, my gosh. We're like the same person. <laughs> that's, what, that's how I roll. Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you the name and description of a dating app. And okay. tell me if it's real or fake. So hater, uh, meet someone who hates the same stuff as you do, real or fake. Wow. Um, I feel like that would be a good one. I don't know if it's real, but it sounds like a good idea. Like, you know, united by things we can't bear. It sounds like a great idea. I it, I want to always start with It sounds with hate. fake, but it sounds like a good idea. So you're going to say fake? I guess I'll say fake. Guess what? It's real. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. I don't know anything. See? I'm going to get everyone wrong. Listen, if I didn't have the answers, I would get them all wrong as well. I promise. <laughs> okay. So uh, Bristler, connecting those with beards to those who want to stroke beards. That just sounds ridiculous. I'm going to say fake. It's real. No. <laughs> now she's like, I'm never going I, on I really app. can't even. They're okay. terrifying. I've, I'm coming out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm like in a cave, hermetically sealed from all things <laughs> of culture, it seems. Orange crush. Strictly for people who obsessively love the color orange. Uh, again, I want to say fake, but I don't know. Go with your gut. I'm going to say fake again. You're correct. I got one right, you guys. I got one right. This is incredible. Uh, Farmers only. It's exactly what it it sounds like. Huh. 
Wow. Uh, I'm Maybe that's real. I don't know. Girl, it's real. Okay, it's real. <laughs> I'm too right. You guys, we're really turning this ship around. Okay, Softly, the dating app for low talkers. I'm going to say that's fake. That is fake. Okay. See, now you're I, on now, a roll. Now I'm, wow, more <laughs> right than wrong. This is incredible. You should go play like uh, slots or blackjack after this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeezy dating, a dating site exclusively for fans of Kanye West. Wow. Um, hmm. That might just be real. It's real. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it's because so many people dislike him that it's like the few that love him have to stick together. The core? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, love it. It's sponsored by the Kardashians. Yeah, just kidding. No. Okay. Uh, plushy Paradise, connecting people who like dressing in plush costumes and the people who fetishize them. Uh, I'm going to say that's fake, but I don't know. It's, it's fake. It's fake. Good. It's fake. We're killing it now. My Bloody Valentine. Find your perfect match based on your blood type. Oh, okay. Um, that might be real. Actually, I thought it was real too, but it's no, fake. fake. It's right. fake. We have we have great writers here. All right, terrific. <laughs> Everyone's killing it. Um, Mouse Mingle, the uh, the dating app for Disney fans. Is that? I feel like that's fake, but girl, I, don't I w- know. girl, I wish. No, it's really? real. Woo, you we're know, taking a backslide here. Sorry. My sister on like her wedding invite, there's a map and she's like, find the hidden Mickey Mouse. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not, not gonna. I found it. Well, <laughs> wonderful. But she's a sweet little soul. She's God like a princess. And she's marrying her Prince Charming. All right, great. And last but not least, clown dating. Everybody loves a clown. Let a clown love you. I don't understand. Are you saying people who fetishize clowns and people who are clowns? Precisely. Wow. Um, I hope that's fake. Sadly, it's real. No! <laughs> Guys, the world is real weird. Yeah. It's a, it's yep. a real, the internet is a dark, dark <laughs> space. Um, I am going to just get back into bed. I'm sorry. And cry. <laughs> and, and cry some more. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. So much fun. So um, fun to talk with you. You, too. You gave me such like insight that I didn't really have before, so oh, thank good. you. Really. Not on dating apps, though, apparently. <laughs> I, I wish we could take that all back. <laughs> uh, if you're looking for a really fun summer read, I highly suggest picking up your own copy of Marriage Vacation, uh, available wherever books are sold. We talked about this. We're both going to read it. It's going to be our summer read. I can't read. wait to read my fake book. <laughs> and I'll be right back here after next week's all-new episode of Younger to Recap, Rehash and Relive the Magic. I'm Taylor Strecker, and this is Younger Uncovered. 